0: Welcome to Interesting Times. I'm Joe Streckert. In the United States, Teddy Roosevelt is famous for his bellicosity, his gusto, his mustache, and he is famous for being a picture of a kind of muscular American aggression that a lot of people would like to think gets results. The kind of American aggressiveness where you just go in there and bust heads and get stuff done. Today, though, I want to talk about an episode where there was a whole lot of bluster from Roosevelt, where there was a whole lot of suggestion of head-busting, but that aggression is not, in fact, what carried today. I want to talk about an episode where Roosevelt dispatched a bunch of military vessels, he had a warmongering slogan, uh, he had troops on the ground in a foreign country, but ultimately it all sort of kind of fizzled, but it has a happy ending mostly. I want to talk about something that's now remembered as the Perdicaris incident. At the beginning of the 20th century, various foreign powers in Europe were trying to leverage influence in Morocco. And why wouldn't they? It is literally at the gateway to the Mediterranean. And the sultan of Morocco at the time, Moulia Abdulaziz, he was considered to be something of a weak and corrupt monarch who wiled away time in his big, glamorous palace, while various European powers from without and roving brigands from within tried to control the country he was nominally in charge of. One such roving brigand, who absolutely despised the sultan, was the leader of a band of outlaws called Mulya Ahmed-ur-Rasuni, known in English as Raisuli. And because a lot of sources I read called him Raisuli, that's what I'm going to call him in this podcast. Raisuli is a fascinating character. Uh, He seems to be a combination of outlaw, idealist, pirate, Brigand, criminal, gangster, tribal leader, and Moroccan nationalist. He doesn't appreciate the sultan at all. Uh, he doesn't appreciate the sultan cozying up to European governments. He doesn't appreciate the corruption, the weakness, the ineffectiveness. And at the same time, it seems that he would like to have lots more direct control for himself. So, to leverage influence with the sultan, Raisuli didn't do things like, say, like, say, starting a letter-writing campaign, or a protest movement, or a new political party, or, you know, other stuff. Instead, he used a somewhat more aggressive, warlordy strategy. He started kidnapping people. And Raisuli didn't just want money, though he did want money. He also wanted, say, prisoners, uh, members of his tribe freed that the Sultan had in custody. Uh, he wanted political control for himself and his allies. And it worked for a while, and then Raisuli also branched out into extortion and piracy to fund his sort of outlaw, anti-sultan band of brigands who terrorized the Moroccan countryside, all in the name of resisting a decadent monarch who was weak in the face of foreign power. Uh, By the way, one episode has Raisuli sending a rival a severed head in a basket of melons, which, man, that is some serious Game of Thrones stuff right there. And eventually, Raisuli's band of outlaw pirate kidnappers, they messed with somebody from a then-powerful, then-ascendant country. In 1904, Raisuli kidnapped a pair of Americans. Sort of. They're sort of Americans. Eon Perdicaris was the son of a Greek immigrant who had done well in the U.S. Uh, Eon's father, Gregory perdicaris he'd owned a successful gas company in Trenton, New Jersey, and... Ian got to live the life of a rich scion while growing up. Uh, That is, at least until the outbreak of the American Civil War. In 1862, Ian Porticarus, he had property in South Carolina, and he was worried that it would get seized by the Confederate States of America, who were only too happy to go around and seize property and stuff from damned Yankees. So, in the face of possible Confederate seizure of his land, he did the only sensible thing, and he moved to Morocco, where he renounced his American citizenship in exchange for a Greek passport. The Confederates, he thought, they might seize American property, but they weren't going to seize foreign holdings. That would be rude. And it would probably damage the Confederacy's status as a quote-unquote real country if they were to go around taking foreign people's stuff. So, you know, that was the thinking. Fast forward to 1904, and Perdicaris is living in Morocco. And he's come to really, really like living in Morocco. He's got a wife, he's got a stepson, he's living off of his dad's money, he's writing books about the new land he's adopted, and he's living in style. This guy has built a house he calls the Place of Nightingales. And he's got this whole menagerie of birds and dogs and monkeys. He has a menagerie! You have to be rich to have something in your home called a menagerie. So this American Greek international playboy guy who lives in the place of nightingales, he's a pretty high profile fancy person for Raisuli to kidnap. May of 1804, Raisuli and his guys, they break into Perdicarus' home, they injure several of their servants, because of course Perdicarus has servants, and they abscond with Ian Perdicarus and his stepson Cromwell and in a move that's maybe an oversight maybe an act of gallantry maybe something else entirely uh raisuli and his men spared protagoras's wife ellen uh she got to stay at home while her husband and her son were busy being captives to desert raiders and to free this captive this uh american greek guy raisuli wanted the equivalent of 70,000 dollars safe conduct and control of two moroccan districts uh, the occasion of a wealthy American playboy getting kidnapped by desert raiders in a foreign land, that was something of a sensation back in the U.S. And also, 1904 was an election year. It didn't take long for Perdicarus's kidnapping to become a talking point for the Roosevelt administration. Roosevelt. He ended up dispatching seven warships to Morocco, as well as a few marine companies. No one was going to kidnap our international playboys and get away with it. And at the 1904 Republican convention, Roosevelt's Secretary of State, John Hay, made a famous fiery proclamation to the crowd in the face of roving bands of desert pirates capturing our globe-trotting fancy people. Hay said, This government wants Pertikaris alive, or Rysuli dead. The crowd went wild. Roosevelt, After all, he was famous for fighting the Spanish-American War. He engineered the Panamanian Revolution so we could have a canal. He was busting trust all over the place. This was a little bit of that TR big stick red meat magic all over again, but there were a few problems. One, Pertikars wasn't technically a U.S. citizen anymore. He'd become a Greek citizen 40 years ago when fleeing the Confederacy. So there was that. Also, those warships and marines which Roosevelt had sent to Morocco, they weren't there to do some kind of dramatic extraction operation where intrepid American forces would daringly land in Morocco and start expertly killing people to rescue our guys. Uh, no. Those were there to pressure Sultan Mulya Abdulaziz to just straight up give in to Raisuli's demands. Roosevelt's daring plan to save Perdicaris was to... Do what the kidnappers wanted to do. And I feel sort of bad for Sultan Mulya, by the way. Um, Other world leaders didn't seem to respect him. They wanted to, you know, hone in on and control his country. Uh, Nor did much of Morocco respect him in that they were going around and being rebellious and raiding and etc. He was, however, a monarch with more money than God and a large piano collection. So maybe that made things a little better. In the face of a bunch of American warships pointing at the general direction of him, the sultan gave in to Raisuli's demands, and Perdicaris and his stepson Cromwell were set free. But there's there's more. Raisouli, he's complicated. You could look at him and see him as a sort of, you know, bloodthirsty land version of Blackbeard. But it's also easy to look at him and see him as a kind of romantic figure. A kind of, you know, Moroccan Robin Hood with his with his cloak blowing in the wind, his scimitar glinting in the sunlight, that kind of thing. Except, you know, in Morocco instead of England. And one person who definitely saw Raissouli as a kind of Moroccan Robin Hood was Ian Perticaris himself. After he was kidnapped by Raissouli, Pratikaris ended up sympathizing with his captors. And either this is a textbook example of Stockholm Syndrome, or Raissouli was actually pretty great at least as far as perticarus was concerned later on perticarus was quoted by a newspaper as saying quote, "i go so far as to say that i do not regret having been his prisoner for some time he is not a bandit not a murderer but a patriot forced into acts of brigandage to save his native soil and his people from the yoke of tyranny" Unquote. so perticarus had a great time being a captive he really hit it off with raisuli he Loved hanging out with a roving band of desert raiders. It was great. Um, Perdicaras eventually moved out of Morocco, and he divided his time between England and New Jersey, and I like to imagine him entertaining a whole bunch of dinner guests with harrowing tales of his captivity in the distant land of Morocco, captive to a man who is later known as the last of the Barbary Pirates. As for Raisuli, at the end of the whole thing, he was $70,000 richer, and he was a bit more powerful. He got control of those areas of Morocco that he wanted to control. He later on would eventually get a legitimate post in the Moroccan government, and then lose it, and then he would lead revolts against the occupying Spanish forces and occupying French forces. He would team up with Spain for a while, and in 1925, he was captured by a rival warlord where he finally died. At least, that's the official story. Um, rumors of his escape and survival became something of a popular folktale later on, and his reputation in Morocco is now kind of mixed, falling somewhere on the, you know, tyrant idealist charming pirate kind of spectrum. Teddy Roosevelt, of course, went on to win re-election in 1904. So, at the end of the Perdicaris incident, everyone won. Well, everyone except for Sultan Moulay Abdulaziz, but Perdicaris, Raisuli, and Roosevelt all seemed to have turned out to better for it. The Roosevelt administration covered up the fact that the U.S. government had pressured Morocco into paying off Raisuli, and that didn't really look good, that instead of a daring rescue, we're just going to say, yeah, okay, last to the Barbary pirates, here, take your stuff, and go. The whole truth of the matter wouldn't surface until later in 1933. Uh, O. Henry would go on to write a short story about the whole thing. He called hostages to Momus where the main character is not named Perdicaris, but Burdick Harris, which sounds sort of like Perdicaris. And astute listeners might notice that Burdick Harris is a flipped version of the title character of Chris Van Allsburg's The Mysteries of Harris Burdick, one of the best collections of writing prompts ever. Seriously, Google it, look it up, it's great. Later still in 1975, there was a film called The Wind and the Lion which portrayed the incident with Sean Connery as Raisuli and Candace Bergen as Eden Perdicaris instead of Ian Perdicaris. Um, I guess having a movie about two old bearded guys hanging out together, uh, lacked certain something. Uh, the Perdicaris incident, I don't think it would happen today. Today there would be a kind of daring extraction mission, probably violence, Raisuli probably would have ended up dead or captured. Pernacarus could have ended up dead or still captured. And he probably wouldn't have had such nice things to say about his bandit captor. And I don't like to idealize the past. I don't like to romanticize the past. But when I look at this, I think, yeah, there is no way that this could happen in 2015 when I am recording. In 1904, this story was able to have a mostly kind of happy-ish ending. Don't condemn people. That's rude. In this one case, though, I remain amused that the Desert Warlord, the International Playboy, and the Mustachioed President, they all kind of got what they wanted out of the Perdicaris incident. I want to say a big thank you to all of Interesting Times Patreon supporters. We are entirely supported by our Patreon supporters. We don't have ads. So if you guys have signed up, you are awesome. Thanks. If you would like to become a supporter, go to interestingtimespodcast.com, click on support IT on Patreon, and do the thing. We're on social media. I tweet at Joe Streckert. I'm on Tumblr, joestreckert.tumblr.com, Facebook, Interesting Times with Joe Streckert. Click it all! Like us, retweet us, reblog us! That would be awesome! And go on iTunes! Uh, go on iTunes, give us a rating, give us a review, That helps other people discover the show. That would be beautiful if you did that. Thank you. We're also on Stitcher. And, of course, everything. Related links, other stuff. InterestingTimesPodcast.com. Thank you guys for listening. I'll see you next week.